October is quickly approaching. So I wanted to pop in and make sure you get a super special invite to attend my next radical self-love retreat happening in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. We're going to spend a week having fun in the sun while also bonding, doing healing work, riding ATVs, having Reiki performed on us, getting massages, doing yoga every day, overlooking the ocean. We're going to be eating delicious food, visiting private beaches, not to mention Mexico is the easiest country to travel in and out of right now, which is nice. So if you've been having the itch to travel or to work with me, this is your chance that only happens one or two times a year. There is no other retreat out there like this that comes with a full month of free coaching with me and access to my Radical Self-Love online course so you can get started with your Radical Self-Love journey before you even attend the retreat. So go to kelseyaida.com slash retreat to apply. If you bring a friend, you each save $500. I hope you can make it. Sometimes in life, we really need someone to sit with us, to be there for us in a way that is structured and helps us reach deep, compassionate understanding inside of ourselves, of our relationships, and of our relationship to life. If having someone as this type of resource interests you, then reach out to James Wolf at wolfspiritlove.com. I've personally been working with James as one of my guides for several years now, and he has really, really, really helped me expedite my growth and potential probably tenfold. (laughs) James has lived and continues to live a very unique life, and he shares his gained expertise in all things human and beyond as an indigenous being expanding and investing in the sacredness and complexities of life. He helps you get out of your own way to help you unfold what is inside of you. Access this resource and indigenous guide James today at wolfspiritlove.com and be sure to mention High Vibinant to receive the gifted sliding scale offer that he'll be giving to the High Vibinant community specifically. So if you've been wanting to do some healing work, if you want someone to hold your hand through the process and you would like some support in this way in your life, check out James at wolfspiritlove.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to High Vibe Knit. We are so pleased to have you here joining us for another epic episode. And today we have an awesome guest, Mr. Joe Holly. Did I say your last name right? I never know if it's like Howley, like a wolf, or if it's like Holly. Like I still don't like, know. Looks <laughs> like Holly to me. Yeah, people say it both ways. All right. I mean, I think both ways are cool. So we'll just go with it. So, Mr. What's your Joe daddy here? say? What does your mom say? Well, I, I, all the all the Polynesians I played with at UNLV when I went to college called me Howley because in the Polynesian yeah. culture it means white boy. <laughs> so, so maybe that's where it's from. You so Howley know. works, but that's Holly so Walsh funny. works. Yeah. Howley, okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, regardless, we have Joe here, and he's a former NFL athlete turned entrepreneur who is focused on men's emotional well-being, and he specifically helps facilitate healing and transformation for former elite level athletes and how I was able to get Joe on the show is because my boyfriend used to play football professionally and so he knows a lot of football players and I think he was connected with you through his best friend Mike who also played football and I just love what you're doing to help create healing and transformation in a space where maybe it's more taboo or weird or not so encouraged in the world where you come from. And I thought it would be really beneficial to have you on the show because everyone can identify with having a big identity shift or crisis, like similar to the one that you went through and 
the the shift that you help your former athletes through when they have to go into like the regular world of being like a normal person and you don't get to like beat people up every day and you don't get to be the best in the world at that thing anymore and like that one thing that your identity was so wrapped up in now you're just like who am I and that's really scary so today I thought it would be great to just kind of talk on it and normalize it and normalize like recreating yourself anew and if it's scary and weird like that's cool I think we can all talk on our own personal transformation stories and journeys because everybody has one so thanks for being here yeah thanks ladies for having me really excited to have this conversation with you um and yeah I mean the the question you asked who am I I think it's a question that everybody needs to ask themselves and there's obviously an infinite number of layers to that question and I think a lot of people don't ever really scratch the surface of what it really means to ask that question on a deep level mm-hmm. um you know and, and I think you know talk about transition everybody goes through big transitions like it's just a huge part of being human understanding the impermanence of life and I think it is something that a lot of people struggle with and there's a, a grieving process that needs to happen a letting go of an old story an old identity and developing the tools and the practices to navigate transition and then rebuild that story of who you are and for me working with athletes it's it is there's a lot of unique challenges we can discuss what those are but I think it's a really beautiful opportunity to reframe that. And it's an opportunity, and it's, although it's very raw and a vulnerable place to be, uh, when you go through transition, no matter what it is, whether you're going through a big relationship transition, breakup, moving cities, mm-hmm. losing your job, trying to figure out like what you need to do with your life, your purpose, your meaning, all of these things, it's a beautiful place to look within and start you know, understanding what it is I wanna create and get into a place of becoming the creator of your reality. Um, and letting go of these stories that no longer serve you. And you look out into the world and collectively, it seems like we're going all going through a huge transition with um, everything that's going on. And so I think these topics of healing and transition are very uh, important, especially in the day and age that we live in. Um, I think everybody is really going to have to, at some point, if they haven't already, look deep within themselves and realize you know, what, who they want to be, who they are, and to know who you are is real true power to become the creator of your reality and be able to show up and, you know, make an impact in the world and, and be of service. But it does, there is a, a hard challenge of like grieving the old and letting go of these old things that no longer serve you and shifting your environment. And there's all these tools we can talk about on how to navigate that properly. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's really, really beautiful work. And I think it's something everybody needs. And it all does start with that question of, of who am I? So yeah, I got a question. Who am I? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. I have a question because I, I know that um, being in the industry that you were, are in, you know, for so long, what kind of got you to ask the question? Cause you're, I mean, I think we prefaced this in the beginning of the episode, like it is a little bit seen as a taboo subject, you know, from the outside looking in of like these really athletic, strong bodied men like they're not sitting around meditating, asking who they are deep down inside and wanting to create their best life. That's the idea. So what got you to first ask the question of, okay, maybe there's something deeper and then have that intention to help other people ask that question. Have you always been kind of this way to look a little deeper or is this something that just kind of, I mean, how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. There's, there's two parts to that story. So the, the, the actual asking the question, like while I was playing, I played football for 16 years of my life. I started in high school and played retired when I was 29 played eight years in the NFL 
And it wasn't until, cause I knew who I was during that. Yeah. Like I knew what I wanted and I had this singular focus of I'm going to be the best football player I can be. And that was, you know, as we can talk about every path leads infinitely away from where we're at now. And so that was an infinite path of like, how can I continue to be better, continue to be better. And it got to a point where my body started getting worn down, mm. you know, mentally stressed out, just a high performance anxiety of having to show up and prove myself day in and day out. And eventually that came to a point where like, you have to show up and you have to, even if it's just a, a micro percent better, you have to focus on that or you're going to get worse and someone else is going to take your spot. So even while I was playing, I never really appreciated how far I had made it in one of the most difficult things to do in the world. You know, reflecting back and doing all this healing work and processing over the last few years, I can look back and be like, whoa, I've really accomplished a lot. But when I'm in it, it's like constantly having to more, grind. More, more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you know, when I was, and this is what I talked about earlier, like it's such a beautiful opportunity because when I was finally done playing, I went through a big transition transition in my relationship. I was engaged at the time, broke up with uh, with my fiance four weeks before my final game. And it was a, a whole process leading up to that. And so I basically, after my final game, like three weeks after, like I, I had left everything I had known behind. And so it was this mm -hmm. real blank canvas. And it forced me to ask the question, who am I without this thing that has defined me for so long? And that's what led me down this healing path of, of self-discovery and self-realizations because I started asking those deeper existential questions. And I wanted to know who I was without football and how I related to the world, how I was known, because one of the unique challenges that I didn't realize, and I think most former athletes don't realize until you're done playing, is like my identity, identity is wrapped up in this thing. But everybody I know in my life, my, the identity of who I was to them was wrapped up in this thing as well. And so I felt very estranged from my family and my parents, they didn't really know how to engage with me. Like I was a football player as their son. And so no longer had that identity of a football player. We kind of didn't know how to communicate. Um, and I just didn't really know where I fit in the world. And so that led me on a journey to of self-discovery and healing, which, you know, I basically gave away all my stuff to charity, bought a van, and I traveled the country with my yeah. dog for like two years. I love a and good sell your stuff and get a van story. <laughs> Yeah. I really yeah. do. <laughs> my husband's been trying to get me to do that since before we had kids and I still haven't given it, but I love hearing about it. Yeah. I mean, it's the best thing I've ever done because yeah. it really, it built my confidence in, in who I am and what I'm capable of mm -hmm. and being able to be alone and get out into the world and constantly experience new things and novel experiences without this kind of thing that had defined me for so long. And so that led me on the journey as far as like the tools and the kind of the environment of football, I actually started getting into like meditation and learning about these different spiritual practices because of it, it was such a high intense, stressful environment. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in a Christian household. So like even meditation was was taught to me as like this evil Eastern mysticism or the way Satan's going to make its way into your mind. So I always had a lot of resistance to meditating. And it wasn't until about, I think my fourth or fifth year, they had these mindset coaches come in and they said, you know, we're going to teach you about meditation meditation is just a tool. It's like working out the mind. Like what if you could decrease stress, anxiety, increase performance and focus on the field? This is a tool that can do that. And so I was like, okay. And so I started, you know, meditating. And obviously like most people who start meditating, like, oh, I can't really do this right. Like my mind is so fast and crazy, but realizing like how it was, how it was shared to me is like, if I'm in the weight room in order to build muscle, I have to do reps. And every time I do like a bicep curl, like that's a rep and it rips my muscle up so that it can heal and grow and become bigger and stronger. And so every time you notice that your mind is crazy and you're lost in your thoughts, but you come back to letting those go and be present, like that's a rep. And the mm -hmm. more that you can do that, the, the more you can train it and the more you can like let those thoughts go instantly. And then eventually they kind of just, they're not as strong. They don't come in as strong and you can have an awareness of them. 
Uh, and that's definitely been a journey over like the last seven or eight years to even get to a point like that. It's definitely a process. Um, but that kind of got me involved in the work. And then a similar time, all these, all the research around CTE and TBI and brain mm -hmm. trauma started coming out. And that really developed an underlying fear within me. Like I played football for so long. There's no way I don't have these issues. Like I've hit my head plenty of times. And so that forced me on the path of being very proactive with my brain health. And so I started learning more about nutrition. And, and that's when I started taking better care of my body physically, and then learning about different ways to, you know, neuroplasticity and neurogenesis on how to create new neural pathways in the brain. And so meditation is one of those reading and learning novel concepts, experiencing new things, creates new neural pathways, travel. And so all of these things I really went after because I wanted to really be proactive in that way. And then you know, that's, you know, being on the road and traveling and reading books and listening to podcasts and experiencing new things like we're all so good for my brain. But what also it did is it opened me up spiritually in a lot of different ways as well. And just my own personal growth um, from that experience has really gotten me to a place of understanding the, the deeper levels of reality for myself through my own experience, my own connection to God and, and really letting go of like the old Christian dogmatic belief system that I always had questions around and going out into the world and really discovering for myself my own connection to this thing that is greater than the self and to define it is even to not give it you know the full justice that it deserves beautiful oh my gosh so I don't know if you know this but I'm a hypnotherapist and so you talk about neuroplasticity and creating new neuropathways I'm like yes so have you ever tried <laughs> hypnosis as a side note I mean meditation I and hypnosis are, are like sisters like trans um, states, right? Like being able to yeah, I mean, with hypnosis, you're just kind of going to a deeper level. But interestingly, I have a colleague who only did sports performance hypnosis, and she would go to these like uh, athletic practices and things like that, and just do like the mindset, like yeah, like a like a like a sports hypnosis where you can just up your best every time, and it's it's all a mindset. There's so many athletes that found yeah, this idea you know and it's like it's so it, it is it's just such an amazing tool to have it because everything kind of traces back to your mind if you believe it you know you can do it yeah and that's why I'm so excited about the work I'm doing now with helping facilitate the healing and growth for former elite level athletes is because all of these spiritual practices and and deeper healing and 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 looking at the stories of yeah. who I am, like I have a really strong foundation because of all the lessons from football, like the visualization, the being, being able to overcome yeah. limiting beliefs and handling failures. And like all of these things create a foundation of like elite level athletes are really special individuals who really know what it's like to push themselves to the pinnacle. And they have to have a foundation of understanding that the mind can become a tool and you can actually shift those thoughts to become what you want. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when they're done playing, they don't have anywhere to put that energy that they've spent right. so much like focusing on this one thing. And if we can give them the tools to find where to put that energy and direct it towards themselves and to look at the deeper parts of who they are and they move those out of the way and really recreate a story, they can show up and do, do pretty big things in the world. It's just really exciting. So cool. I love, love it. it. Yes. It's very good. And yeah, it's, it's really cool your story and how it's transpired into helping people because I always like to think like our biggest struggle is like where we can add the most value to the world once we've kind of gotten through it to a certain degree because we all go through the same stuff at the end of the day even if it's not the same experience it, it comes down to the same emotional experiences mm -hmm. right like we all have the same core feelings we all kind of want the same things out of life generally speaking to be fulfilled to be happy to have mm -hmm. um connection, whatever it is. So 
I think it's really, really cool what you're doing. And I just love everything about it. I don't really know what else I was going to say. I feel like I was going to add something more important than that, but I'll just stick with the call. Are you guys familiar with the, 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 the five core wounds? Um, I forget who wrote Lisa Bordell, I think wrote a book about it, but we all I feel like I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell the five core wounds. I have is- not read this one. It's really good. And, and when you read it and start understanding, like these are the base five woundings that we all experience as child children, and they shape the lens in which we view reality. And so to, to do this deeper healing work and to get to the core of it is to really find out when you experience these woundings for the first time and be able to process them. Because a lot of times when we're children, we don't, I mean, all the time when we're children, we don't have the resources, mm-hmm. the tools, right. the support to really feel seen or loved or supported when we go through these experiences and it doesn't have to be some traumatic experience like sexual abuse it could be something like you know for the first time your parents left you your grandparents and left you you could you could develop an abandonment wounding where it's like my parents just left me and something as simple as that goes into the unconscious and then every when, every time you're in a relationship and your partner leaves you it triggers an abandonment story within you <laughs> yeah. right yeah and so the five core wounds are abandonment um injustice humiliation um rejection and betrayal. Mm. And so all of us experience all five of these at some point, but some of us have a core wound that is really, you know, the strong foundation of, of kind of how we interact with yeah. reality, especially wow. our relationships. And it's really fascinating when you read this book, these wounds actually show up in our physical bodies as well. And yeah. so for mine, my, big, my biggest wound is abandonment wounding. And so abandonment wounding shows up in the physical body with like a little bit more of like a, a hunched posture, like kind of retreating into yourself because you're scared that the world's going to abandon you. So you kind of like just retreat in. And so dude, and I was talking so much about my posture in the beginning. (laughs) I feel you. I feel you. I may or may not have a psychosomatic wound in there. That's interesting. (laughs) It's more than just being on your phone, right? There's an emotional tie to your physical body and your posture. Wow. Yeah. And so to look at those wounds and when they showed up, you know, like a humiliation wound for me was, you know, I had this real big fear of public speaking and I had a a memory when I was in fourth grade. It was the first time I spoke in front of my class and speaking in front of the class, I was really unprepared for the speech or whatever I had to give. And I just froze and everybody laughed at me and the teacher didn't know how to handle that situation or support me in that. And so every single time. And then I remember like my freshman year of college, I had the calm one-on-one class and I had to give my first speech and I was in front of like 10 people in the class. And it was like, obviously like nobody really cared, but I was deathly scared of this experience. And it's been fascinating to continue to, to like work into that and like step into it and, and be a lot more comfortable speaking in public. Like a lot of those, the, the, the energy that I feel within myself when I go public speak is still the same, but I can, I have the tools to reframe that into excitement mm-hmm. rather than like the, just getting attached to the story of like, oh my God, I'm going to be humiliated in front of all these people. And to look back on that base experience, and being able to process that and relive it. And like, that's all this really somatic release and trauma uh, healing is to really go back and, and relive it from a place of support and love. Cause we all have yeah. those inner childs that live still within us in our psyche and to bring them, you know, to the surface and love them in the way that we needed to be loved back then there's a lot of cathartic healing that takes place. And I, Kelsey, I love why that. is he talking about everything that we talk about on the podcast? <laughs> why is he straight up quoting I brought him on the podcast. I love him. This guy is awesome. People. It's true. And, and, and <laughs> real quick. the law of attraction. Yes, exactly. Well. well, and from, you know, my side of, of the screen here, from a hypnotherapy standpoint, you do get that it's called a critical filter that separates the conscious from the subconscious at about seven, eight, nine years old. So whatever we've experienced to that point, unless it's been released by other means, 
kind of, it, as you were talking about different words, same shit. It just goes into the subconscious where it kind of stays there until you either can see it from an adult perspective and process it in that way, like you were saying, or, you know, through other means of, of just kind of processing it another way, but it, yeah, it kind of does create whether we want it to or not, whether it makes sense or not, whether we like it or not, there are things we all have it that kind of just are sticking around because at one point we needed it and it's just kind of outstayed its welcome. So I'm really happy that you touched on that. I don't think we could talk about it enough because it's so important. And we all have that little nine-year-old kid inside just like wanting something from us. And there's nothing wrong with that. The only thing wrong with it would be if you just kept ignoring it. So stop doing that, people. When you talk to yourself, <laughs> you're talking to a nine-year-old. So talk nice. <laughs> While TV has been a saving grace for many of us, I'm sure by now a lot of you feel like you're caught up on every single show imaginable. If you're tired of scrolling through the same movies and shows and miss the excitement of weekly releases and brand new binge fest, then you have to get Acorn TV. Acorn TV is the largest commercial-free British streaming service that features compelling stories, exclusive premieres, and originals you won't find anywhere else. With Acorn TV, there's always something new to discover. It has hundreds of exclusive shows from around the world, including award-winning mysteries, dramas, comedies, and so much more. From production to performances, these series you'll find on Acorn TV are exceptional and refreshing because they're cleverly written, which is why I love British TV in general. <laughs> Visually striking and feature renowned actors like David Tennant and Thandie Newton. I love them both. I've recently gotten into this uh, series on Acorn TV called My Life is Murder. It stars Lucy Lawless, who was Xena Warrior Princess. And it's based in Australia. She's like this detective private investigator. I love the mystery. I love the drama. And I love where these shows, you never quite know where they're going to go. So I've really gotten into that one. I really highly recommend it. So uh, you get thousands of hours of new enthralling content on Acorn TV for a fraction of the cost compared to what most streaming services uh, are charging. This is just $5.99 a month, so it's a steal. Um, I love Acorn TV. I love how, how much variety there is, and just it's just the style that I love. So if you're into like murder mysteries or drama or just British TV in general, this is what you need to get. If you're ready for a streaming service that offers new stories, new characters, and breathtaking sceneries every week, do what I did and get Acorn TV. Try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use my promo code VIBIN, but you have to enter the code all lowercase letters. That's important. So A-C-O-R-N.TV, code V-I-B-I-N, all lowercase to get your first 30 days for free. I want to add a little tidbit that I know and understand about the whole childhood trauma. And that's not only what you said, Joe, which is that like, oftentimes we're just not resourced in that moment. And yep. there's something that we didn't get that we needed, but also when we're so little, we don't understand that it's not about us and we make everything about us. Right. Yeah. So your parents get divorced and then you make it mean as a child with no other logical explanation. Oh, if I was better, they wouldn't have gotten a divorce or, you know, this is about me being bad or wrong. Like those kids laughed at me because I suck, you know, like you yeah. make it about you because kids are so narcissistic in the most pure form of the word, like very self-centered. They well, can't it, understand really other people's perspectives and why things happen. And they it just really make is it mean something bad about themselves. And then you carry that your whole life. 
Well, from if it's an adult, it's because you look to as a child, you look to adults for everything. You look to them for all the answers. You look to them for nourishment. You look to them for love. You look to them for all your needs. So if they fail, they're not failing. You did. And you can't like a child can't look at an authority and be like, oh, they suck because they're the adult. They should know they're the until they get to a certain point and you realize your parents are really flawed people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we just don't get there. It's a whole other thing. But you, yeah, at the child brain. Yes, I, I agree. I, I don't. Yeah. I just think that well, I know that children look to adults as just the person that knows. So if they mess up, I must have done something because they can't do anything wrong. That's why abuse victims take it on themselves. That's why like any really trauma, you kind of implode on yourself in a way because outside of you, you're the only thing that you can kind of say that about because everyone else should have it together. You know what I mean? It's just, it's ugh, parents. Man. Yeah. yeah. And I think the, you know, the, more, yeah, the more healing I've done too, is, is it's this, it's this judgment, right? Like, like you said, Kelsey, when, when you, you take it on yourself, you start judging yourself. Like, yeah. what did I do in this situation? And we develop these judgment. And that's, that's really what develops shame, right? And all shame is, is fear of judgment. And when you start judging yourself, then you feel judgment from the world and you start judging the world. And that's where a lot of division comes from that we're dealing with collectively right now is when I look at somebody and they get triggered and they like, you know, something triggers an internal wound within them. And then that energy gets yeah projected out onto me and I take it that's what creates division but to start doing this work you start having a compassion for people like okay they triggered this is nothing I did it's something within themselves and you can develop a deeper compassion and to get to that point is to just release the judgment of self and to release judgment of self is really this processing healing journey and that's why the most important thing and what I'm building with with the heart collective and working with athletes is this community environment where it's a safe space for us to talk about the things that we have shame around, which is all the just the things we have judgment for, which is our deepest, darkest secrets. And we hold on to those because we, we, we fear that if we share them, we'll be judged for having them. And if you create a safe space, non-judgmental container, where it's okay to talk about these things, a lot of times a cathartic release happens and people release the judgment of self. And then they start releasing the judgment of others. And that's really this healing journey that we're going on individually so that we can heal collectively as well. So we can all come together. Like you said, we're all, we all want to experience the same things. We all desire to be loved, to be seen, to be heard. And we all, you know, have the same kind of core woundings that are shaping the lens in which we view reality. And so if we can look within ourselves and do the healing work on ourselves and have the awareness of everything that in my environment that triggers something within me is my own journey and my own healing that needs to take place. And if we can show up and move that energy out, we can show up and be present for others and provide that safe space for them to not feel judged. And that's kind of this healing ripples that are going to take place out that are taking place collectively, which is really exciting to be a part of and to witness. Yeah. The healing ripples. So important. important. Especially right now, your work that you're doing is very important. And I think that uh, the focus that you're putting on the group that you are, because you, you're like them, you understand them. You feel like you have, uh, you can relate, of course. Uh, it's just so important. I feel like it's so untapped. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong, but I feel like there needs to be more of you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And it's funny when I had this, this, this vision, cause you know, like I said, I went on the, on the road for two years on this self discovery journey of healing. And, you know, I finally got to a place where it's like, okay, now what, what what do I do with all of these tools and all this experience that I've had? How can I be of service to the world? What's my purpose? And I got the, the insight to start a community and help facilitate this type of healing for former athletes. And 
honestly, like that was the biggest fear ever. Like right? so much resistance. Like I don't want to do that. And I truly believe that the thing that we fear the most is our, you know, calling, right? Like fear is a compass, something we should head towards. And to understand like the fear is the thing that we're being called to overcome, to go after. And so I went on a year journey of really looking at where those fears came from. And it's this fear of being seen within myself, yeah. this fear of being, being incapable, this fear of unworthiness and being a leader, especially in that environment. So like my part of my big story is I played football for 16 years, but on reflection, I never really felt like I reached my fullest potential because I always had these intuitive hits while I was playing to step up as a leader. And I always played small. I'm like, okay, like now's the time to give a speech or like, you know, rah, rah, get everybody going. And I'll be like, oh no, like I'm too scared. Like, what, what does that mean? And I, I never allowed myself to step into the leader that I know I'm capable of being. And it's fascinating that the universe, when I was done playing, I kind of, part of me was kind of running away, right? I got in the van and I like left everything behind. And so part of me was a little kid running away and be like, I never really fully accomplished it. Nobody else mm. knew this story. This is just an internal story within myself. Like, obviously, objectively, I accomplished a lot. I played eight years in the NFL, like any kid should be happy with that. But I knew that I didn't reach my fullest potential. And the universe is like, now what are you going to do? You're going to go continue to learn the lesson. Like you have to be a leader. That's what you're here to do. And so I had to go on my own journey of understanding who I am and the leader that I am and the ability I have and just finding this innate worthiness to step up because this is the work that the world needs and coming full circle back into this, you know, kind of environment that I felt like I couldn't really be myself. And now this healed version of me going back into it. Uh, it's very challenging, but I do, you know, like you said, it's, it's what the world needs right now. You know, there's all these people coming out being like life coaches and self-development and reaching higher levels of success and all this stuff. But to really do it, it's, there's a layer deeper that a lot of people aren't really accessing and facilitating and teaching. And it's like, you're looking deep within your stories of the, the and, yeah. and these experiences that shape the lens in which you view reality. And when you can look at those and heal those, you can really step into who you are and your fullest potential and the essence of who you are, which is really a spiritual experience, a spiritual journey that is totally missing from, you know, a lot of our, our world. Mm -hmm. Amen. Great. There's so much I was going to say, <laughs> and now I forgot it all. But then you were just like, I was so enthralled. What was it? It was so good. Uh, well, it was something that you said that I was like, yes. Oh, when you were saying the biggest thing that you fear is likely the thing you need to do. We've all experienced mm -hmm. those. As, and I think a, a little um, addend addendum needs to be made where if it's an expansive <laughs> fear, like I know you felt like, oh, yeah, I should probably do that. But oh, I'm really scared. That's how I felt about this podcast. They mm -hmm. asked me to do That's it. True. I was like, oh, what? I don't want to do it. I'm scared. And I was thinking immediately of all the excuses I had not to do it. I was like, hmm, what could I say? What can I tell them in a nice way that says no? And then I called Kelsey and she's like, no freaking way we're doing it. And you know, the only thing I was afraid of, I think was saying something stupid or putting my foot in my mouth, but my foot lives in my mouth. I've just made my <laughs> peace with it. It's done. It's happening. So I'm That's never going to say anything right. right. <laughs> your, your fear of judgment of what others are going oh, yeah. to you messing up is just a judgment of yourself and by you totally putting out there and realizing oh wow like nobody really cares like i'm nobody showing up cares. In, in my heart exactly like everybody just cares about their own self everybody's just judging themselves <laughs> and they're scared that you care about them but like you don't really and if you do care about them it's because that's the thing that you're judging within yourself and to fully understand yeah. that is to start letting go of these judgments which is really how you find real inner freedom you know and i think it's yeah. fascinating that you know, our biggest ideal in this country is like, 
you know, freedom and like, you know, our freedom to do whatever we want. And, you know, on this journey I've been on, it's like, if, if you are listening to this and you have ever said, oh, I wish I could do that, but, or I wish mm -hmm. I could do that, but this thing is happening, or I don't have the opportunity, I don't have the resources. Are you really free? Because real freedom is to understand that you are the creator of your experience. You are the creator of your reality. I'm not saying it's an easy journey just to drop everything and go do it, but start looking at the stories that, and the blocks and the resistance of why you're holding yourself back. Cause you're the only person holding you back from experiencing what you want to experience. And so to go on that journey is to look at those blocks and those resistances. And those are the, where the healings take place because honestly, we're all the same. Like all of us sit on this call, like in this moment, like what separates us from each other, mm -hmm. it's the stories of who we think we are, what we think we're capable of. And that's the inner work. And when you can really shift those stories and become the creator of your story, that's total freedom. And that's when the real magic happens. And that's when this experience of life becomes a real gift. Yeah. I was going to say the only thing that separates us is the beard, really. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> if you guys are watching this on the Patreon, you can see Joe's glorious facial hair. It is mm. a sight to see. It makes My you look whole... like a bear. Is, I was going to say it, a Does Viking. a bear like resonate with you as like a spirit animal in any way? Yeah, bear. bear okay, then that would make sense animal. why you look like one. Yeah. <laughs> My whole my family, I have, I have my dad and my brothers are all very hairy men. And so I'm used, I love a beard because it just reminds me of like my people, like my dad and my brothers, they just, they're just furry. And then my, one of my sons is furry and I'm so excited. He's going to have such an amazing beard when he grows up. <laughs> so excited. Anyway, uh, yes, the beard is magnificent. I had an idea. So speaking of limiting stories, I think it'd be cool and fun and helpful to the people listening to go around and each of us shares a limiting story oh that gosh. we notice that we've been carrying or anything that recently has come up for us. And I can start since it's my prompt um, because I think that would help normalize this for people because even maybe people look at us and they say, oh, he was in the NFL for so many years. Oh, Lindsay and Kelsey, they're so awesome. They host this podcast, but like everyone's just a person. We all have limiting stories. We all have these things that we make up. So for example, mine, which I recently realized, I didn't even know this was going on in my head, which is why it's so important to do the self-inquiry and get curious, right? Was that I felt like I wasn't ready to teach people to a certain level, unless I could like almost this ridiculous belief of like, unless I can help everyone with everything, like until I know it all, like I just shouldn't, I just shouldn't even try. I just shouldn't teach. I, I just shouldn't. And then, um, I was working with a friend who helped me shift it. And she was like, honestly, the most perfect people who need your help, they only need what you already know. Like, you don't need to know more. You don't need to learn more. Like the people that are going to resonate with you and learn from you, like you're already ready to serve those people. So instead of trying to go for everyone, why don't you focus on the people who are already waiting and need what you have to say and the way that you look at things and the way that you present ideas. And I was just like, right, man. And then when you <laughs> learn more, it can be for yourself because then you'll be able to add it to your toolbox anyway. It just won't be yeah, for exactly. Yeah, exactly. It'll but be it just crazy freer. that I like never really realized this consciously yeah. before. And it has been holding me back in a lot of ways. And now that I know it and I brought it to the light, it doesn't have to hold me back in that way anymore. Mm. Who wants yeah, to go next? Very, I have a very similar story just to pick okay. back on that. And then I'll kind of share an, an, another one. But yeah, I, I always felt like I needed to find that missing piece of information that was going to give me the answer so that I could help support people. Like, I know the answer that you're looking for. So come to me because I'm the expert. And that led me on a path, like part of my 
journey of healing is was was searching right and seeking this answer like what is the secret to the universe like what mm. is it and through all these different plant medicine ceremonies like exploring consciousness and learning and reading all these books and just looking for that answer what's the what's the kernel of truth that's going to give me the answer that everybody's going to want to come to me because i have it and realizing it got to a point where I realized that's an infinite journey and there, yeah. there is no answer, right? Wouldn't that be great if there was just a box you could open and be like, oh, there it is. Cool. Like, oh, the answer. Okay, I'm done. Great. So I had an experience in in, in one of my ayahuasca uh, ceremonies that was really profound. I was, I was kind of in this space of infinite potential and it was really frightening because every time, every thought I had, I would become that thought and that story living out. But in that process, I would lose all sense of myself and who I was. And I realized that is the answer. Like in that space, I had this thought of like, what am I searching for? What am I seeking for? I'm seeking the answer. And I was in this infinite void of potential. And I realized, okay, that is the answer. I'm the answer. It's not about having the answer, but it's about being uh, able to hold space and, and develop that presence to create from, right? And so that was a really powerful experience for me and grounded me into not needing to seek so much for the truth to know that I am the truth and to have that connection and that alignment with the divine is to really become a channel for the truth that wants to come out in the experience and the relationship that like, let's say I'm a coach, it's this intuitive knowing that can come through. And a mm -hmm. lot of times we all, we all have our own answers, right? So coaching isn't like, Hey, come to me because I have the answers. It's, Hey, I can hold space and get you curious about your own journey. Cause you have the answers within yourself. And a lot of times you're just not aware of them because you're either hiding from them or there are deeper parts of your unconscious that you're not necessarily aware of. And I can just reflect that back to you. And so that was a beautiful journey. And I definitely think that's a, a huge thing that a lot of people, especially in the spiritual community go on is like this path of seeking to find the answer and the, the secret to the universe. And I, I promise you, it's not out there. It's within <laughs> you are, you are the answer. Right. And once you fully understand, like one of my mentors shared this with me a while ago, and it wasn't until I fully understood this when I was able to like, let go of that path of seeking. And it's, it's what you're seeking is where you're seeking from. And to fully understand what that means is to have touched enlightenment. Hey, you guys, as always, we definitely want to let you know about one of our favorite sponsors, which is BetterHelp. And BetterHelp is an online place where you can go to have professional therapy and counseling at a really affordable rate. BetterHelp has you take a little quiz. They match you with someone who is going to specialize in your goals, whether that's working through your anxiety or your depression, or if you have a certain goal in mind, or you just want to feel better overall, or maybe I know I used BetterHelp when I was going through or healing from a breakup, I should say. And you can never have too many resources and too many like support systems in your corner. You just can't do it. You can't go wrong with that. So that's why we love to recommend BetterHelp, especially because during these crazy times, I think it's nice for everyone to have a therapist on their side, <laughs> help you work through things, process things. And in under 48 hours, you can be communicating with your new counselor or therapist after you get matched up from taking the little quiz. And everyone on there is really knowledgeable, really professional. And let's say you get matched up with someone who you don't love, you can always switch professionals, which is really cool. And another great benefit to BetterHelp is that Maybe in your area, you're limited to certain people who specialize in certain things, but BetterHelp is for people worldwide. So you're getting access to so many more resources than you could naturally have on your own in your city. So definitely check out BetterHelp. It is one of a kind and it is so helpful and very affordable. 
BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit betterhelp.com slash vibin. That's better H-E-L-P.com slash V-I-B-I-N and join over the million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. We have a special offer for our high vibrant listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash vibin. Once again, better H-E-L-P.com slash where you're seeking what you're seeking is where you're seeking from so really just if you're listening to this contemplate on that what does that actually mean mm-hmm. um and for me a real practical thing that i think would be good for your listeners is i had a story around writing i uh i didn't really do well in english class never really wrote things down and i remember when i started reading uh books and i was like 24 25 and just expanding my knowledge like all of these self-development books talk about like the power of writing and journaling and I had so much resistance to it. Like every time I'd even journal, like I would just judge my thoughts coming out. I'm like, oh, and I always had this fear of like, what if someone reads this? They're going to think I'm stupid. And so what I did is I just wrote quotes of other people. So I just write real, really amazing things of what other people said, but I never really allowed myself to express in that way. And it wasn't until I read the book, The Artist's Way, where it talks about the, the stream of consciousness journaling, the morning yep. page, right? And so to just open the page and just write what comes to you write your thoughts down on the paper without judging or editing and never read it again and just get it out there. And when I started doing that, it really allowed me to express myself without judgment. And at the end of each journaling exercise, I would write 10 affirmations. And I remember writing myself like I am a good writer. And I I felt inspired to write a book at some point, but I didn't know how I was ever going to get there. And so I'd write, you know, I am a good writer. I am a published author, like all these positive affirmations at each after each journaling. And I did this for almost a year while I was on the road. And now I'm in the process of writing my own book. I have my own blog, my own newsletter. I write a lot. And it is a very vulnerable thing for a lot of people, especially for me to like, just put my thoughts out there. And it's fascinating because that morning pages exercise of just writing, you know, practice makes perfect. And so the more I wrote, the better I got at writing, but it was really not about the actual writing. It was the story and the limiting belief of why I thought I wasn't a good writer. And being able to move that, and that still come, kind of peaks its head up every now and then, but being able to move move through it and say, like, I'm, I'm the one only judging myself. If I can be authentic and vulnerable, like, my writing doesn't really matter, but it's about the intention and the heart that I'm trying to share. Um, so I think that's a really powerful thing for people is, like, the positive affirmations and recreating that story by just showing up each day and putting it into practice. Heck, like yeah. That. We're big affirmation people. Obviously, I have two books that I wrote about affirmations. And Lindsay, in your hypnosis work, I know you incorporate a lot of affirmations. I mean, tell tell them your affirmation trick, like the different um, ways that you can say them. Well, so Kelsey and I both are big proponents of like one size doesn't fit all. You're going to need to figure out. Yeah. Tweak them to figure out the best way. And when we, you know, when I was training to be a hypnotherapist, one of the biggest thing, the first thing they train you on is learn someone's suggestibility, because that will tell you how to speak to them in hypnosis. You can't just speak the same way to everyone, which is so important. Of course, we're all different. Of course, we're all wired different. So if you can find out how you take in information, you can better create affirmations for you. So some people uh, would be able to say I'm a published author and that would feel good. And that would feel like expansive for them. But other people could write that like me and be like, um, but you're not. So what are you going to do now? 
Um, but instead of writing, I am a published author, you could say, you know, uh, every day I welcome more opportunities to write or to express myself, or I am becoming the thing instead of I am the thing. So it's really simple. If you, if you, if you don't like the I am statements, which a lot of people kind of struggle with, it's not the affirmation. It's just a simple tweak of saying, I am becoming, I am open to, I am looking for ways, I, you know, things like that, where you can kind of ease into it instead of just plunge into the deep end. Cause for some people mm -hmm. they can't. So were you able, you're, you're an, I am statement guy. Yeah. 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 And I think just to add to that, I think that like you talked about one of the most important parts of manifesting, right. Is to, is the feeling behind it, right. Yeah. If you say I am something and you're not believing it, it's how can I, have the feeling as if it is already done in the moment. And when you can learn to do that practice and really engage with the energy of what it feels like to be a published author, that thing will find you. The universe yes. will bring it to you because you are that powerful, right? We talked about being infinite potential in the creators of our reality, the I am statement. We asked at the beginning, who am I? Well, you are whatever you say you are. So I am, you know, fill in the blank, whatever you yeah. want to create. But you have to really feel into it and embody like what does this thing I want to be feel like now in this present moment and it will begin to follow you or find you and for me a tool if you're thinking like how do I you know feel into it how do I have the energy and I think the biggest key to all of this is gratitude yeah because gratitude is a high vibrational state that is easily accessible through practice and to access higher levels of vibration and energy is to as a place to manifest from you're not gonna be able to manifest from anger or division oh or you can just not what you want you're gonna manifest <laughs> you'll exactly be manifesting about right anytime yeah exactly <laughs> yeah right and you talk about the, the law of attraction so this is all it right and so Nobody how do i attract that. what i want to become is to embody what that is in this moment and gratitude yeah. is the key to do that and for me, the most powerful exercise is a gratitude journal, like in the morning, mm. right when you wake up and before you go to bed, all you got to do is simply write three things you're grateful for. And if it's hard for you to find things that you're grateful for, Can I recommend this. If you're not on the Patreon, get on it now, because y'all need to see this. She's holding this up a book right now. One of my favorite and as a hypnotherapist, I always say this, I look hypnotherapy, whatever, but as in the work I do, I can't help it. I judge self-help so hard because I'll look at something and if it is surface level, if it just scratches like the bare minimum, I'm like, whatever, give me more. I need more. Get me to think, get me to think about myself. Get me to ask questions. Don't just say I'm grateful for my son or my husband. Sure. I am, but like, get me to think this book does that. It has different Man, should I say the name of it? Should I have them just go to Patreon? <laughs> should I be sneaky? What a tease. What a, what a tease. tease. It's called the five minute gratitude journal, but I've, I've recommended it to all my clients because this, whoever this Sophia Godkin bless you, PhD, Dr. Sophia, she knows what to do. Okay. She's asking questions. She's getting you to think deeper than surface level. And gratitude is page one of manifesting, right? It's like first thing you learn and it's so easy to overlook. You, I'm, I'm so sorry I had to interrupt you. I didn't have to, but I needed to. I wanted oh, to. Beautiful plug, beautiful it is plug. so important. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. It's just so important. And it's so easy to forget, but you got it. I love it. Yeah, And, you know, circling back to the, the healing journey and the inner child work and, and looking at kind of the, the experiences that shape the lens in which we view reality. A lot of times when those are unhealed and they're in the unconscious, they develop triggers, but to look at them and to heal them is to develop a gratitude, even for those experiences, even for the hardest experiences that you went through in life. If you can learn to be grateful for those, because 
what have they done? They've provided you the experience to get you to where you're at now. And so all of the challenges, adversities, all the hard things I've been through in my life, I am so damn grateful for because they got me to where I'm at. And I truly believe wisdom is earned through experience. And a lot of people, they, they like to develop their little comfort zone, right? And so they're never actually getting out into the world, into the unknown to get outside their comfort zone and to grow. That's where real growth happens. And to do that is to put yourself on the line and be vulnerable and to mm -hmm. going after the things that scare you. And a lot of times that creates experiences where it's like, man, this is hard, but that's where growth happens. And when you look at you know, your life and all the things that got you to where you're at, if you can find a really deep sense of gratitude for the, the journey that you've been on, then you can develop the tools that when challenging things happen in real time, you could be like something good's going to come out, out of this. And that's what real faith is, right? Faith is earned through experience as well. You know, I grew up in a Christian household where this blind faith idea never really made sense to me. It's like, oh, just trust in God. Jesus will absolve you of all responsibility of looking at your own process of life. But it's really like real faith is a trust in the universe, a trust in God, a trust in whatever you want to call it, this thing that is guiding us on this journey, the, the whisper within your heart that is guiding you towards the thing that maybe scares you because that's where your fullest potential is. And it's going to force you to get outside your comfort zone and grow. That's what real faith is. Yeah. And to surrender into that is the most courageous act in the universe. Mm. May I suggest that your book be called The Whisper of Your Heart? Because when you said that is very poetic, and I that's felt good it. One. It is, yes. So if you ever want to start that book and you're not sure what to call it, there's a good a working start title. For you. That's not a bad one, though. I like it's it. It's not a bad one. Usually, when I write books, the titles come to me first, which is interesting. I don't know if it works like that for other authors or if they title it last, but usually I'm like, oh, title. And then I'm like, I just okay. think you with sunglasses and a big old beard standing next to holding a book calling the called The Whisper of Your Heart would be. So profound. And That's amazing. what makes it the best thing ever. Be I just got to find the word to put into it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, oh, that's just man. a little detail. The about, the oh, it's blank, but the title's really good. <laughs> yeah, the title's <laughs> blank, the title. but that would actually be a cool journal. Like the book is blank. So you write your own whispers of your own heart. Boom. Kelsey just has, Kelsey just got another book idea. I will take 10% royalties on all the sales. Thank <laughs> you very much. Your heart. Journaling exercises. I love it. That's right. That's I do right. think I'm a big journal advocate so I do love how you said you know honor the experiences you've been through and I just like it took me I don't know how old I was I mean once I got on board with the idea that like I've probably been on this earth before and so I've probably this isn't my first go around which means I've probably had a hand in this life and planning what went into it it kind of for me was very relieving. Like, okay, if you, if you knew that your soul knew what was going on, right. And your soul kind of was like, you got this. If you knew that, I feel like it would just make us feel so much better about most things going on. But for me, when I think about everything I've been through in my life and like getting to this point, like I, the girl that didn't go through that stuff, I don't know who that is. Like, I know who this is and I like this. And I know for some people, they may not be there yet or it's it's a journey for them to get to that self-love. But like, I'm pretty cool with who I am. I don't know who that is, who who had a great life and like had everything come easy. Like, that's fine. I'm I'm good where I'm at. It's like, it's almost like obviously not the end or the finish line, but the progress is incredible. And if we can just stop and take a look just for a second, at the progress you've made, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. It's just so good. I don't care who you are or what your journey is. If you look at where you are, where you started and where you are now, the progress is just, it's something. 
It's definitely mm. something that's what to gratitude does, to. right? That's what mm-hmm. gratitude totally. does. We're, 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 it's human nature to focus on what we lack, what we want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm real good at that. <laughs> yeah. And to, to gratitude is really to reflect on where you've been, what you've done, what you've gone through and, and where you're at now. And so yeah. gratitude, another thing it does is it drops us t- into the present moment because like, oh, in this moment, I have everything I need. I, and it, it you know, tracks the abundance and drops us into the abundant energy rather than the, the lack. And a lot of times we get so focused on like, I want to manifest, I want to create this thing. And when you're doing it from that place, you're doing it from a place of lack and it's actually going to keep it from finding you. And so to, to really access the gratitude for where you are and where you are and then visualize from that place of abundance allows it to, to find you just so much quicker. Watching your little one learn and grow is the best feeling in the world, but finding the right toys to help them grow and learn can be challenging. That's what led us to Love Every. Love Every's play kits are designed by experts for your child's developing brain. Each play kit is tailored to your child's exact learning stage. They've done all the research for you so you don't have to. They have the right toys for the right time in your child's life, and new play kits are delivered every few months that grow with your child. Play kits come with unique one-of-a-kind activities and playthings that are built to endure plenty of play, and each kit comes with a play guide that is packed with expert tips, ways to play, and do-it-yourself at-home activities that your kids will love. My child, who is two years old, got the Montessori animal matching game, and he loves it because, one, he loves animals, and two, it really helps with similarities and differences, and finding what makes things the same or different It has been such a enlightening moment for my kid because he's just now learning those things so he just how fast he took to this game was pretty impressive if I must say and he just loves it he loves he loves this toy and I think this is such a great service for any parent who wants to take the guesswork out of finding developmental toys for their kids yeah that are fun yeah Mm -hmm. love every is super cool because they take the guesswork out of your child's play And they know what types of toys are good for your kid based on their developmental needs during their age or that stage of growth. So I would call these like smart toys that are going to help your kids succeed at life. So choose Lovery today. Get free shipping when you sign up to receive your play kits at loveevery.com slash vibin. That's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y.com slash vibin for free shipping. Loveevery.com slash vibin mm-hmm. love it word word well, dog i think on that note let's shift gears head over to the patreon uh first joe i want to give you an opportunity to let the peeps know where they can find you how they can potentially work with you how they can send people to you and your mm. world yeah all the thank things. you thank you ladies and i had kelsey on my podcast as well um so i have a podcast called quantum coffee and uh bring on a lot of amazing guests so if you want to check out it i definitely this is all this i talk about obviously so and very- you have two podcasts right you have that one and then- actually merging them into, oh, into okay. one now so what's right. the one going to be called or you don't know it's quantum coffee i used to have okay. life beyond the game which is a few episodes that's still going to come out where i had former athletes on talking about the transition and what i realized is a lot of the athletes i had on life beyond the game that were really deep into the healing journey i was like these would be perfect guests for quantum coffee and so i realized why am i splitting kind of the community will bring all into one. Um, cool. So yeah, really excited. And this is part of my whole like kind of journey of evolution of my company and who I am and my personal branding and my podcast. And so it's all kind of shifting and evolving into more clarity of my offerings and who I am, which is how I could share that with the world, which is really beautiful. So check out Quantum Coffee. I got my personal website, which is joe-holly.com. 
revamping that as well. And then if you're interested in uh, the Heart Collective, you can go to theheartcollective.com, which is H-A-R-T, theheartcollective.com. And we are re-envisioning and evolving with that. But one of our big offerings is going to be this free piece of content, which is a newsletter. So anybody, even if you're not an athlete, can follow that. And it's going to be the leading resource for deeper healing and growth for former elite level athletes. And that's definitely going to be a place if you're not an athlete, you're going to find a lot of inspiration there to go on your own healing journey as well. Uh, and then we have a bunch of other offerings that we're going to continue to, to curate, but those are the best place to find. And then on Instagram, joe.holly, H-A-W-L-E-Y. Not Howley. <laughs> However you want to pronounce it, but it's still. Like, I do not care. <laughs> Fun. Yay. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to head over to the Patreon. Linz, do you have any announcements that you need to make? I think this, this will air next week. Nope. Well, no, not really. Not getting clients until October. We're still on another pause because I'm full up. Um, Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Full up. Abundance of clients. Membership, I guess. Yeah. Go check out the membership. Hypnosis audios for really anything you could ever want. And a lot of content, bonus content courses. And I add stuff all the time. So go join uh, on my website or Instagram. You can find it. It's really good. Yeah. What about you, Kel? Membership is legit. Um, I have a couple books in the works that I think you guys would be excited to hear about. Speaking of journals, uh, I just sent like my final manuscript back to the publisher for a book called Letters to the Universe. And it has like a little intro to manifesting do's and don'ts, the general stuff, taking it a little bit further than the general stuff. And then it has 10 brainstorming questions to help you reflect, get curious, release resistance, figure out what you actually want. Why don't you have it yet? What are you willing to change in order to get it? Blah, blah, blah. All kinds of really deep introspective work. And then you get to write a letter to the universe and be like, hey, universe, I'm ready to experience this. This is my intention. I'm putting it out there. I would love for this to happen, yada, yada. And there's 50 of those. So every time you have a new desire, you can just open up your journal, write a letter to the universe. They're perforated. So you rip it out and then you can do whatever you want with it. So I think you guys will love that book. And I think they're trying to release it before the holidays this year. So keep an eye out for that one. And then there's another one called My Pocket Manifestation that has a bunch of manifesting exercises for all different things, whether you're wanting to manifest love more financial abundance, vibrant health, beneficial relationships, um, just more peace within, more happiness. And that one's going to be coming probably early next year. So that's really exciting. I think you guys will like that. All you book people out there, all you manifestation junkies. Kelsey's, Kelsey's <laughs> like lapping us with these books, Joe. I know. How do you do it? I've been I have no idea how she how does it. How do you it? do it? Honestly, here's how I do it. Reverse engineer. Once I have an idea of what I want to convey in that specific book, then I think, okay, what are the chapters that need to be in it? Okay, what needs to be in each chapter? And then I'll just sit down and be like, today I'm working on this part of this chapter. You cannot just sit down and be like, I'm going to write a book today. It's too hard. (laughs) You really got to break it down. I feel like I've broken it down. And then I get to the first sentence and I'm like, just nothing. (laughs) Well, you got to get like, you got to get flowing a little bit. And then once you get into it, you can go back and edit. But I think probably your perfectionist overachiever (laughs) tendency is just like, well, I don't like that sentence, delete. I don't like that sentence, delete. And then you never write a sentence, but you just got to write it even if it sucks. And then you can go back and be like, oh, this is what I was trying to say, you know? Anyway, maybe we can do a book writing workshop on the Patreon or something. Yeah, Yeah. write the book, don't edit the book. 
yes yeah don't exactly edit the book till later and also like that's what editors are for I no. like wish I would have paid more attention in English and in writing and I had no idea I was going to be an author growing up so I didn't really care I mean I did fine in school I guess but I never got to write about anything I actually liked so it was I really did fun. fine in school I guess <laughs> I guess it was cool to write but you know it's better when you write about things that you love and I just totally think about it as like a conversation on a page what would I tell someone who asked me the question how do I do this I'm like okay well here's what's worked for me you know beautiful love it let's go give them more <laughs> stuff on patreon yeah okay we're heading over to the patreon we more love stuff. you guys have a great week thanks for subscribing and sharing and all that jazz adios thanks so much for tuning into the show and being a part of our high vibe community make sure if you're loving this episode or any episode to subscribe every week we're coming out with new content for you guys and you can also join our email list so lindsayrobinson.com kelseyaida.com we send email reminders every week about the episodes if you want to be also in the loop that way and be sure to connect with us on social at lindsay robinson and at kelseyaida and of course, if you guys want to join the Patreon to get bonus content, extended episodes on video, and exclusive hangouts and things that we only give to our VIPs, you can join at patreon.com slash high vibe. You can start for as little as three bucks a month. So super easy, super quick, and super fun to be there. Also, leave us a review. If you guys love this episode or any of our episodes, go tell us about it in the reviews and share with a friend that needs it. We love you guys. We'll see you next week and have a great one. Oh,